Hi, I'm Dubba, I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. We're in Croatia right now running MTF Pula, something I'll be telling you a lot more about next week's podcast. But just for a bit of context, we're working with a company called InfoBip. They're a communications technology platform used by the likes of WhatsApp and Uber, and they're one of the fastest growing European software unicorns with over 1,600 staff worldwide, headquartered here in Istria, or as they like to put it, probably the largest IT company in Vodnjan. For context, that's a population of 6,000 people. We brought together some brilliant members of the MTF community of innovators and experts for this beautiful part of the world, installed them on the top floor of the InfoBip Pangea campus with a view over the sea, and teamed them up with InfoBip engineers and other staff brought together from Canada, Colombia, Brazil, India, and right across Europe. Leading the MTF Labs, along with MTF founder Michaela Magas, is Tim Yates. Now, Tim was also with us for MTF Frankfurt a couple of months back at Music Messe and Pro Light and Sound, the largest music trade fair in Europe. He was working with Helen Lee, Drew Fostini, and MTF regular Tom Fox to lead the 24-hour MTF Labs at Music Messe. Now, when they're not leading MTF Labs events around the world, Tom and Tim run Hacoustic, a maker community and series of events for musical instrument builders in London. Toward the end of MTF Frankfurt, just as the team were putting the finishing touches on the final performance that brought together all of the things that had been invented and built over the course of the labs, I took Tom and Tim aside for a chat about hacking, about music, and about how bringing together diverse types of experts in this kind of way creates incredible opportunities for innovation. From MTF Frankfurt, this is Tom Fox and Tim Yates. Tom Fox and Tim Yates, uh, welcome to the MTF podcast. I've grabbed you at the worst possible moment. Do you want to tell me what's going on at the moment? Uh, We are in the dying moments of um, a 24-hour MTF labs, uh, meaning we have not had much sleep um, in the past two days. Two days. Yeah. Right. Um, You're an hour 27 of the 24-hour. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, that's right. So what happens between the 24 hours and, uh, and what's about to happen now? We are organising all of the different projects that got made over the course of the hackathon into a performance in the main hall at Music Messer. So we are trying to get everybody uh, in, plugged in and connected to PAs and uh, ready, you know, ready to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've got a we've got a performance organised that we organised during the hackathon, and so that's what we're going to be doing. And you've been running things here essentially. You are sort of two of the four who have been uh, leading the mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about what you do and, and how you connect with all this? Uh, so I, I'm a teacher, a design technology teacher. Um, I use music tech a lot in my curriculum where I work. Uh, I also run a lot of workshops teaching people about uh, building musical instruments. Um, I also like to design interactive musical installations. So I like to explore how can interact with music in different ways that you're not used to and how just anybody can make music um yeah and then we together we run acoustic um if you want to talk about acoustic yeah okay so acoustic acoustic is a group i sort of a loose collective of um engineers and artists and instrument builders um and we're focused around building musical interfaces that have some kind of physical or acoustic element to them. So something that isn't just a laptop and speakers, something that has uh, some kind of acoustic sound generation or some kind of uh, interesting physical interface. Um, 
because we feel that kind of embodiment of sound is a really important part of uh, the way that we all experience music and sound and sometimes that gets lost if you just have a you know a laptop and speakers or a modular, modular synth and speakers and I started the group we started the group about five years ago because there wasn't anyone in London really doing that kind of thing and we wanted a platform to show that kind of work mm-hmm. so we run festivals and hackathons and uh bi-monthly events which are platforms for people to come and bring their work and show it and share it with the community and share it with the general public um, as a way of kind of bringing all of this very disparate work together in one place because you know there's lots of people working in lots of different areas that wouldn't otherwise be in the same place and so it's an interesting way to to bring this kind of work together and to connect it right it does sound like from the name hackoustic Mm -hmm. that it isn't just about physical objects that make sound because a trumpet does that right. this sounds very much like a the land of tinkerers yeah right so it's, it starts in the london hack space so, um so we started as a hacking group in the london hack space for, as, as a place for people who were building these kinds of projects to come and share expertise and build things together and um it turned out lots of people were interested in it but people didn't tend to bring projects to hack on they wanted to come and see work and meet people and kind of be inspired and so over time we just gradually become more of a platform for people with with existing projects to come and show their work and for people to to kind of have those those experiences but we we try and show the whole range of types of projects so we go from like the hack space hack projects with people somebody just a tinkerer just wants to make a cool thing all the way up to products that are you know, the things that are designed for production and are going to be sold in a commercial way and everything in between. Um, Because uh, the connections between these things are enormous and it's a shame when those two mindsets and ways of thinking about instrument building and sound are separate from each other. I think that happens too much. So it's nice to have them all in the same place. It sounds like both of you, Tim, for instance, you you work with Drake Music, and we'll talk a little bit about that Mm -hmm. shortly. And Tom, you work in education. Uh, it, It sounds like... Hand making musical instruments is not anybody's main job. Uh, is, is, that, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. And, and which kind of begs the question: Is it is it just sort of the realm of hobbyists? Because we hear all the time about hobbies dying. People have side hustles. They mm-hmm. don't have you know uh, they don't have hobbies anymore. But this, clearly, that seems not to be the case. I mean, for me, it, it, it started as a hobby, then turned into a passion, which turned also into a way to make money because people were commissioning me to build things for them. So I would build very, very unusual instruments that made very unusual sounds, and people heard them and wanted to include them in their soundtracks or in their, their when they performed. So it, it, it did start as a hobby, I guess, but it's led to so many more... Corridors. It led me to MTF in uh, Slovenia many moons ago, and I've, from there it's just spiralled upwards. Um, and yeah, there's we the events that we run in London, we're never short of people to present their work. There's always somebody who's eager to show what they've been making. And, and not to put too fine a point on it, is it all people who look like us, like white guys with beards? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, we've got a massively diverse community because we when we started this there wasn't much there was lots of people but they were all sort of spread out around London and they didn't really know each other but because we've been doing it for a few years now there's a real sort of core of people who we call our acoustic family and it's fair to say it probably is more men than women um, and probably more white men than, than you know than any other kind of ethnic Group, but we try and we, you know th- there are people from all sorts of you know a diverse group of people showing their work, and we try and represent that as much as we can. Um, you know, it's a it's a challenge to make that 
really clear all the time. It's not always easy, but you know, it's it's an important part of what we do. And you know, there are people out there making cool stuff, so you know, we try and make sure that that happens. On the diversity front, tell me a little bit about Drake Music. Okay, so Drake Music is um, a charity that specialises in uh, enabling disabled musicians to make music using technology. Uh, so we specialise in. Um, well, I run the R&D program there. So. What the R&D program is focused on is developing new technology and new instruments for people to um, to be able to play. So that often that's a bespoke instrument. So there'll be a musician who wants an instrument uh, to p- be to play in a particular way that they're not able to do, or you know have an access need that means that they can't play in a certain way and they want to be able to. And so we try and pair people up with technologists to build bespoke solutions, and that we, we've had some really great successes with that. Um, we're also I'm also at the moment trying to build uh, an accessible instrument library to try there's lots of people I mean we've met a couple here actually at the festival kind of people just making a little thing for fun that they're not sure what it what it's going to be but actually it can it has the potential to be a fantastic accessible instrument and so I'm trying to gather all those little resources and put them in one place to kind of focus the development effort and to focus people's minds on trying to use the technology that's out there and to make it available to disabled musicians to try and to use so we can we can start iterating those designs to make them even more accessible. Tell me about um, actually running uh, the MTF labs because, I mean, attending an MTF and running one are two quite different things. What's, what's involved? What, what is it you do? Um, there's a lot more pressure to make sure things are cohesive and that everyone's working towards a, a common goal. A lot of people come to these events with an idea already in mind and they're quite sort of focused on doing what they came here to do. So the, the best thing about these events is getting people who wouldn't even have an opportunity to work with each other, get their minds crossed and see what comes up. Because you, you'll get musicians who don't often um, meet up with computer scientists in a social sense and so their ideas don't always... Uh, intersect, I guess. Yeah, that's the word, intersect. Yeah. I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> Nobody's surprised by this. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's, it, it's quite important to get people to collaborate and properly collaborate and get the ideas flowing between different uh, specialties. Because um, there, there aren't many places where that can happen except places like MTF. Right. Where you get such a wide range of specialties in one place. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people come with a particular idea in mind, but actually, if you ask people now what they've made, at the end is not at all what they originally were intending. Because because of that, because that happens in people's ideas, you know, everybody here is like is really interested in the world and really curious and interested in pushing their own practice in, in new directions. And so, you know, you might get an idea from somebody about choreography or food, um, food performance, someone was talking about, you know, the ideas come from everywhere. And so over the course of the labs, people kind of take those ideas and absorb them into their own practice. And then what comes out the other end is something, you know, completely different or at least skewed or, you know, pushed in a different direction to what, it, what they might have originally intended. And I think that's a really exciting process. And then we, you know, we, we then have to come, all of us, we kind of, we set everybody up and everybody kind of forms little groups and starts making stuff and, you know, everybody splits off and then we have to try and bring everybody back together at the end to make a, a coherent piece. And, um, you know, it's really exciting to, to see that work and it means that um, there's a huge 
diverse array of skills that, that are necessary to make that happen. Right? So we've got, you know, choreography and we've got spoken word and we've got, you know, uh, PhD com- level computer scientists and artificial intelligence coders and uh, music producers. And, you know, all of these, this incredible diverse array of people all kind of coming together to make this thing. And I think um, it couldn't happen in that way without that diversity, which is really exciting. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that uh, that kind of marks this out separate from from what you might ordinarily experience as a hack at a hackathon mm. is this, this isn't a competition. Right. Exactly. It's, and, exactly. And I guess that sort of puts a completely different dynamic or a different yeah, spin yeah. On, yeah. Uh, on what people are trying to achieve because it's it's out there that you're trying to impress, not yes. each other, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the goal is to come together at the end and exactly right to create something, a single output not a multiple tiered, this is the winner and this is second and this one, yeah. you know, exactly, <laughs> which is a completely different kind of mindset. Which is when you remove the competition part of the event, you free up a lot of the risk taking. People are more apt to challenge themselves and try something completely different that might not work because they're not afraid that it won't win them, win them this prize in the end. So there's a lot more risk taking in these events, which is brilliant because you get brilliant ideas also we don't really have any prizes yeah so. that's it <laughs> <laughs> what have you noticed i mean because you've both been to more than one music tech fest what have you noticed in terms of uh, the difference between them or any kind of um development or change over time um well i think this is my sixth mtf event and they've all been completely different um no two has had even like the, f- the only the only constant in each one has been the sense of community amongst the of everyone who comes to these things. Um, But everyone's had a completely different vibe. Um, Some are huge and chaotic and wonderful. Some are a bit more organised and uh, more relaxed. Um, But I've I've been to MTF on both sides. I've been as a participant and uh, organiser. And um, yeah, it's, it's the community thing is always there, which is fantastic. I mean, this is, this is only my second one. Uh, and the, the last one was a much bigger, you know, as a MGF Stockholm, so it was five days, so it's a much bigger thing, and this is a much more compressed. But I think the thing, the common thing that I think is that I think is really positive is the fact that everybody's respected. That there isn't a kind of a hierarchy of, you know, the computer scientists are over here, don't you know, don't like the music, well, you know, music producers. Everybody is respected, and everybody's voice is heard, and um, everybody has a chance to kind of contribute, which I think is a really, really positive thing. The output of what's come out of the labs um, is performance. Uh, it's going to be showcased in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can see you looking at your watches. Um, in the, uh, the, the, the circle stage, just sort of in the hall down, down the way there, um, what's it for? What's, what's, what's the purpose of doing that? I, I was talking about this actually earlier, but I think you, you, need, to, you need a goal. Right. I mean, I, every, I think probably everybody who's a hacker has has that experience of you. You have a great idea and you hack it and you get maybe 80 percent working or 75 percent working. And then there's like a new idea or another thing comes along and it never quite gets finished and it never quite works the way you want it to. And but if you have a, a kind of goal at the end, it forces everybody to make it and make it work. And it's, it makes it more stressful, but it also makes it much more fun because at the end of it, you feel like you've got a really concrete kind of a, a real positive and concrete outcome. Which is a really, which is uh, you know, gives you a sense of achievement, and because you're then doing that in partnership with everybody else in the room, it means that you kind of collectively have this, have this um, sense of uh, of completion at the end. Which, if you didn't have that as a focus, you would you wouldn't have, and I think it would be a much poorer mm-hmm. event for it. Um, you know, it really focuses everybody's mind, and it means that um, 
it's not just about the technology, it's also about all those other skills and all those other interesting ideas that people can bring in, which otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be able to have a platform and be part of the process. What can an audience get out of that? They will get to see what kind of crazy stuff that we get up to <laughs> as a community. Um, one thing I love that we're at this particular event is that a lot of the vendors and a lot of the people visiting here are very used to traditional instruments, traditional uh, playing. I mean, this is a trade show for people who make violin bows and, yeah. and guitar strings yeah. and, and, and those sorts of things. So it's kind of an odd thing to drop in the middle of that. But yeah. yeah. But so, so they might not be used to the kind of innovation that we're trying to push with interacting with music. Um, so I think I'm, I'd be quite... I'm, excited to see their reactions to what we do because they, they i i can only assume they have no idea that our little well our big community even exists um so yeah i'm looking forward to that just to sort of backpedal a little bit what brought you here and i don't mean like you know <laughs> I, I flew on uh, <laughs> you know this particular airline or anything but you know what were you doing as kids <laughs> that brought you to the place that you're doing now? I mean, what did your parents do? How did that affect where you've ended up? My dad is a definite tinker, tinkerer, not tinker. He was always building things. He taught me about electronics. When I was a kid, I was always taking things apart to see how they worked. I couldn't always get it back together again, but I enjoyed just seeing how things functioned. Um, so that, my curiosity about building things and making things definitely is stemmed from my my father. And um, yeah, is that, how, is that how far back you want us to go? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tim? Yeah, I, I, I've always been uh, a musician at heart. And, you know, ever, ever since I remember, I've always wanted to be a musician. It's always been an absolutely fundamental part of my life. Uh, my, my background actually as a musician is that I, I study classical music. I study classical guitar. And uh, I got quite far. I was actually, I was doing a master's at the Royal College of Music and Classical Guitar, which is when I started doing this kind of stuff. Um, because I got frustrated. I was also doing composition. So actually, I actually studied composition as well when I was then switched to a composition master's because I got frustrated with the limitations of a traditional instrument. Because I, you know, I, I started to experiment with materials and found objects and sound and toys and things like that. And, you know, if you're playing a quarter of a million pound Stradivarius or whatever, then you can't scrape it a piece of metal and bash it and hit it because you know people get upset if you do that kind of stuff you yeah. know you've got a Steinway similarly you know well you can but not you twice can. right yeah. exactly right that's <laughs> it you, yeah so so I so, I, so I, I I kind of I got frustrated with the classical guitar in particular so I put that down and decided that I, as it took the exact opposite route and I was going to just build instruments that I could build myself in like 10 minutes for five quid and still make incredible music with and, and, and explore that area and from that I've just gone on to do all sorts of you know other stuff, installation art and things like that so that's where I come from in terms of making yeah and Tom you've, you're kind of known for working with found objects uh, is, is there a, a sort of a, a story behind that um, yeah to, to an extent I am I wanted to start building instruments just because I loved collecting instruments. I've got a passion for lots of different types of instruments. Um, but um, I realised that if I start building them and I do it wrong, it might be a massive waste of money and resources. So I, I just started building them from recycled materials. And I really limited myself to just focusing on making sure everything was found or recycled or reclaimed. And that actually led me to be more creative with the stuff I was making. So... I ended up using uh, recycled ele electronics and motors for pickups 
and that led to developing instruments based around the things I found as well. So I, I started a whole organic process of building instruments based around the stuff I found. And um, yeah, sort of spiralled out of control from there. Because <laughs> most of the things that you make don't look like musical instruments. No, no, not at all. I mean, some of them do, but yeah. they're actually books that yeah. have been turned into guitars. Or yeah. you know, but, but typically speaking, I mean, I'm thinking of your spring thing. Yeah, the spring thing. I've, uh, there's... Um, there's a law of physics, which is um, Faraday's law of electromagnetic induction. And that's my favorite law of physics because you can do all sorts of bonkers stuff with it. Um, it's how motors work. It's how speakers work. It's how electric guitar pickups work. And they all use the same bit of physics. So you can manipulate that piece of physics to have them all interact with each other to create really interesting sounds and um, really interesting ways of playing music as well. How much of a Venn diagram overlap is there between interesting sounds and good music? Uh, <laughs> I think this, uh, well, uh, I think this is, they're more or less completely over, overlap. You know, I, I, I just think that there are more interesting sounds out there than often. Get, you know, I, I, a lot of the most interesting sounds I feel get engineered out of instruments, right? And so what, what we can do as hackers is we can we can kind of make things in a way that we're not engineering any of that stuff out, and that means that you can explore that territory in a way that just isn't available in a more engineered environment. You know, all those, all those rough edges, all those woolly things, the things that might be a, a noise if you're playing Beethoven, but if you're, if you're kind of exploring sonic textures, actually is the meat of the material that you need, and that's the depth. That's where the depth comes. And so the opportunity in finding those edges is enormous, and um, there's an infinite amount of that stuff out there, you know, to explore. Um, and so... I think that obviously there's a place for those engineered things. You know, Beethoven is wonderful, but it doesn't end there. There's just it just expands the Venn. It really just expands the Venn diagram from this small circle in the middle, and then noise to actually just like an infinitely sized Venn diagram of cool and interesting <laughs> stuff. That you know everything. Right. So, what are we going to see on the stage? Um, we've got lots of gestural control. Um, we've got ten micro bits connected together to control um, sampled. Uh, wave files that people have also used in the composition uh, from the Trackathon side. So we're doing stuff like that. We've got... Um, so we've got a sculpture, a tree... Sonic sculpture. Sonic sculpture, which uses... Uh, capacitive touch. Capacitive touch. Um, and, and synthesis on a bellaboard to, to generate a kind of cool interactive installation. We've got a modular synthesizer that uses a piece of physics... Um, equipment that records gravity fields so it's for gravity synth that's going to be playing some stuff there's, there's, um, there's, an, there's an inverted record player oh yeah We've, they've made inverted impressions of, of a record yeah. uh, Burn has made inverted impressions of a record and so we so can hear a kind of all the highs are actually now lows, low and all the lows are now actually highs so the, the, the whole bandwidth has been, been flipped making, that, making those and a, a bunch of other stuff. Bunch of other stuff. Lo loads of really cool. And stuff. it's your job to try and make those all into make one all thing. All of yeah. these things, exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a fun day. Well, <laughs> well absolutely good luck with that. Thanks, guys, for, for being part of this today. Absolutely a pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That's Tom Fox and Tim Yates at MTF Frankfurt a couple of months back, with huge thanks to Music Mesa Frankfurt. Right now, Tim's here in Croatia with us, leading the MTF Labs at InfoBip, which has been incredibly inspiring and, in a way that we hadn't anticipated, absolutely groundbreaking and so of which much more next time around in the meantime have a great week and we'll talk soon cheers Bye.